the past. It used to be a newspaper. The Bob Podcast. Not outclassed. Ones on mass. Getting on my leader right up to the end of the game. The Bob Podcast. Buff Podcast. My name's Mark Isles and I'm the Chief Football Writer of the Bolton News. Put your tin hats on, turn off your notifications on X and say a prayer. It's Derby Week. Jones' low cross cleared by Watson and he now can try again. The Walsh doesn't charge him off it and the when he came for the punch doesn't at the moment carry a lot of weight and he's in trouble in these situations beautiful goal by Jones Esford started to come again but never got there now Burke David Burke in possession still Burke tries Tony Kelly Tony Kelly with a run from midfield, a good run this, Kelly, Tony Kelly, still Kelly, yeah, Tony Kelly, what a good goal, what a ding dong do, Tony Kelly, well Tony Kelly, what a goal by that man, fantastic skill by Tony Kelly, picked the ball up in midfield, went forward, played a lovely, lovely one too on the edge of the box, went through on his own, went round Atkins, played in the back of the net, what a goal by Kelly! Zico! What a goal by Zico! Uh, ding dong do He showed all the skills of Zico. Tony Kelly dancing through the Latics defence and made no mistake. Blackpool away, Wigan away, so important. They've actually added another day to February, just in case Wanderers fans have to celebrate. And to mark the leap year, we're running a one-week-only flash sale on subscription to the Bolt News. For just £2, you can get two months of unlimited articles. And all that, dear listeners, will take you all the way to the end of the season and hopefully a promotion uh, celebration party. Unless, of course, well, let's not even talk about how the season could potentially be extended. Let's just shelve that for now. The sale starts on Monday, February the 26th and runs to Monday, March the 4th. Go to theboltonnews.co.uk backslash subscribe to make sure you miss out on absolutely nothing during the run-in. Okay, it's time to introduce the co-host of this podcast and a man who has promised to have a pasty balm tattooed on his back if Bolton beat Blackpool and then Wigan this week. It's Henry Hewitt. Henry, how are you doing? I'm good. I'd do that with pleasure, Mark. Absolutely. Um... <laughs> if there are any tattoo uh, but... artists out there, by the way, that fancy this job, please get in touch. <laughs> yeah, and if we lose them both, I'm getting a Blackpool rock and a pie. Uh, oh, on one, one, one on one cheek and one on the other, <laughs> and I'm not saying which cheeks. A pie on each. Cheek. No, I'm not. I'm not gonna. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, yes, I was gonna say <laughs> a pie on each cheek and then a Blackpool rock on your back. But actually, no. The the mental imagery is absolutely killing me, so I'm not gonna bother. Uh, let's yeah. talk about football, Henry. <laughs> God, we always start like this. Um, it's been a weird old week. I mean, 
Saturday, a draw against Charlton, which there was there was all sorts happening in that game, a manic manic game. But generally speaking, I think it was a it was a well deserved point. Um, but then Tuesday night at Cambridge, even though they once again gave themselves a mountain to climb by conceding early on, they scrapped for a win. It's been it's been a better week. It feels like the glass is filling up, Henry. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I I genuinely think that Cambridge win is probably the biggest win of the season for me because mm. um, people's mentalities going into it, of of course, they scored early on. And yeah, I think a lot of us kind of was like, oh, here we go. It's, you know, and, and to be fair, every team has been through a slump and every team will go through a slump. And, and I guess, you know, the, the thing about Bolton's is, is that we've gone through a slump and not really lost. So mm. that's a positive. Um, I, I just think for me, I, and obviously we, we've won the Cambridge game, so, um, you know, the bad luck's over, I guess. But I just think we've been so unlucky with injuries. And also, if you look at the goals we've conceded uh, the last the Charlton and Cambridge game, like, okay, the, the defensively very poor. But like the Cambridge one, for example, they put a, a you know, drill across into the box. It hits mm. our guy and loops over the goalie. How, how many times do we do that in the first half and it's it's ricocheting and they're clearing it or it's it's just not getting to our man? So I think we were just unlucky. But, you know, second half, it reminded me of a Northampton game, really, is that the second half we came out, we created a lot more. We were a lot better on the ball. And, um, and yeah, we got the two goals. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We'll we'll start with we'll start with Car- uh, Charlton rather Carlton. <laughs> Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Um, yeah, we'll start with Charlton. Uh, I mean, six goals. A lot of people have said this to me, but as far as six goals go, that was the least thrilling six goal game I think I've ever seen. It was quite a, not wouldn't say a, not a pleasurable game to watch, but there wasn't there wasn't a lot. Bolton scored three very very good goals. But because of the way they conceded them, I think it, it took a lot of the shine off it. And, and people maybe emerged from that game thinking, throwing two points away there, especially given their away record. Yeah, definitely. I, I think the goals were very poor. The, you know, they go 1-0 up and then that goal, the first goal that goes in from the cross, again, it's 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 crap when that happens. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. You know, like it's such a crap goal. Yeah. Um, and then the second one, that that Jones at the back, who, to me, and I, I don't mean to be disrespectful to him, but I am going to be, is a, a he seemed a bit of a League One cart horse clogger defender, uh, and he's he's put it in from the edge of the area, then gone sliding towards the Bolton fans, um, and then obviously the third goal was was a mess really. I, I, for the record, I thought it was a foul on Dacus Cogley. The yeah. guy's jumped and kicked his legs, mm. um, and then the the. He just didn't react well to it. And it was so, you, like you said, Bolton scored some great goals, worked really well. And to concede three goals like that, and I think Ian Everett said after the game, their XG was, was not free. 0.4. Yeah, 0.4. Well, <laughs> and they scored three. It was just, yeah, I I didn't get to go to the game, but I, I did see it. And I, I was very underwhelmed afterwards. I, to be honest, when we got the third, I did assume we'd get a fourth. Yeah, like that's the mentality of Bolton now. It's kind of like you get back to 2 2 and you're like, right, come on, stop messing around now. We'll get a third and win. And then you got the third and you're like, oh, right, come on, stop messing around now. <laughs> yeah. We'll get the win. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it didn't happen. But, you know, I think um, we, if you look at this, 
the table now. We're of course we're, we're a point. Uh, sorry, we're level on points with Derby, but we were game in hand. Uh, two games in hand on Portsmouth and um, six points behind them. You, you'd take, uh, you know, you would have took that at this stage, and I think uh, hopefully the Cambridge game can be a, a bit of a turning point. Um, mm. And it's funny your mentality because go at half time in that game, we're all worried and thinking, right, maybe it's the playoffs again. And now, I as soon as that game finished, I thought. Well, you know, Portsmouth and Derby have got tough games on Saturday. So, by the Wigan game, if we win that, we could be top. You know, like, <laughs> your mentality changes. I think the point you make on Josh Dacus-Cogley is uh, is a good one. I think how that game doesn't get stopped, considering the way things are at the minute with head injuries. You know, I, I watch a lot of rugby, uh, union and league, and at the minute they're going, they're going nutsoid over any sort of contact with head injuries, anything that's in any way, shape or form uh, likely to cause a head injury. The way that the referee stopped the game very, very, very quickly when it looked like the, the goalkeeper might have picked one up, Harry Isted, um late in the game. Um, yeah, disappointed. Uh, one, I, th- I think it was one of the players that said that, 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 that the referee had said he'd sat up at one stage or that he was, he was, he was fine. And, and if you look at the replay, he doesn't move at all. You know, it could have no. been. It could have been. I know it wasn't. But it could have been a, a serious injury, and then what do you do? And and the body language of the referee for me after that point, you know, I think Bolton could have got away with quite a lot there because I think he knew that there was a, you know, he'd he'd, he'd performed a, a rick as it were. Um, I think he'd, he'd made a mistake, and the body language of the referee from there and in kind of did that. And I knew that Bolton were going to get a couple of decisions after that because just it's just human nature. That's the way it works. Um, referees don't have the reset button, um, so yeah, I, 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 I'm glad Bolton got back into it. And like I say, they they, they created a lot of good goals. It does it does show a bit of character because that kind of decision there, that when that third goal goes in, I I feel like that would have rocked them in the past. Yeah, uh, just a note on their goalkeeper though. I did notice on the the screen that he was uh, giving it, you know, trying to wind up the the fans behind that goal towards the end, and I thought. You've conceded three goals. Do you know? Like it's yeah. not like a one nil. He's conceded three. I, I don't. I didn't understand what he was trying to achieve with that. But um, anyway, uh, that's just a separate point. But um, yeah, I I think with Bolton, they, they're showing. They're out. They're, they've had the moments this year of of a few games where they've it's just really been poor and they've kind of gone back to the old days. But I think on the whole, like you said, they've, they've never really had a full game where they've not performed. If they've mm. drawn, it's been like the Northampton game where they've had half a game where they've got back into the game and, and it just, for the other half, normally the first half, it just was poor. Even if, um, you know, they've, they've uh, like say, for example, the Leighton Orient game, they, they mm. win the game and then are poor for the rest of it. So I think this is a new sort of Bolton and it's, it's, this this is what I was saying before with the bad sort of um, the bad periods that other teams have had. They seem to lose matches, whereas Bolton don't. And I, I still believe that uh, going off the season as a whole, even though Bolton with with six points off Portsmouth, obviously we got the games in hand, but I still think personally we will win the league because I I, I think when we go through the sticky patches, we not really losing mm. you know like we are 
I, I don't know. It's, Grinding it out. I, I mean, we're, yeah. we're all we're all micro-analyzing absolutely everything, and we're, we're kind of picking apart performances within performances. And you know, everybody's you know everybody's nervous, and everybody's look, trying to to find the trying to find answers at this minute in time as to what's going to happen. But ultimately, as long as they keep that points board ticking over. It's it's something. It's something. Something. To, they've got to just make sure they've got something from certainly from this next two games. They got Blackpool away. We're going away in this next two games. If they get something from both of those games, I'm not going to be disappointed. I have to say. No, I'm not. And um, I, I think you you look at the the games probably until the Barnsley game. So you've got these these two games and Cambridge mm. again, um, who are without a manager and. I mean that was a weird one, wasn't it, with oh, Neil Harris? Unbelievable, unbelievable, um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, and then you've got Barnsley away, and I think if Bolton end up uh, on whatever it is, the fifth of March, if Bolton end up being in the top two or quite close mm. to Portsmouth, if not level with Portsmouth, I think um, suddenly then we can look at it completely differently because we'll, we'd have caught the games up. Everyone would be a kind of on an even keel, and then you can be like, right let's push on and let's get points, you know, and, and uh, take advantage where we can. Mm. And also we would have then played, we'd have got rid of two tricky games away in Blackpool and Wigan and Barnsley then. And you mm. then, then it's, it becomes a bit clearer, I think. So as long as Bolton can, can kind of pick up momentum uh, in the next few weeks and not run out of steam, but keep the momentum and keep, you know, keep getting, picking up good wins and, and stuff um yeah i think because i think as well if you look at if say bolton obviously you want to go win the games but say bolton drew the next two games beat cambridge and then drew at barnsley and got six points we're not gonna we're gonna have have gained uh three points on portsmouth with the game in hand on barnes sure. uh, yeah. Barn- yeah. sorry four points on portsmouth with the game in hands in wigan and, and barnsley so yeah. i don't know it it's yeah, just keep keep not losing, but um, I don't just, know. Just okay, putting points on the board. Just keep putting points on yeah. the board. You just got to grind out. I genuinely think the performance at this stage of the season just doesn't really matter. Um, but I will say that the second half against Cambridge, the performance was very good. You couldn't you couldn't really complain with that. Um, we'll, we'll 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 move on to Tuesday then because they beat Cambridge two one, and it was. It was a bit of a game of two halves. First half was a little bit scrappy. Uh, conceded that early goal again. But then second half, Paris Magoma stabs one in. We're starting to see a bit more from him now, Paris Magoma, aren't we? He's, he's, he's had a little bit of a wobble. He's only a young lad. I suppose you can forgive and accept that. Um, but I think he's had now a couple of very, very good halves of football in a row. And he's starting to, to get those goals again. The goal against Charlton was magnificent. This one was a scrappier one, but I don't care how he gets them. Uh, he 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 was he was inv- as involved at driving Bolton on at Cambridge as anybody else. Yeah, um, I will point out he was also involved in their goal, uh, but we'll uh, we'll ignore that. Um, oh, don't don't want to talk about that one. <laughs> but no, you you are right in what you're saying. He's um, you know I think he's such a, a good player. I I think. I can. I've seen a few people talk about maybe his work rate or, or whatever. I think Magoma is a bit of a luxury player that, um, you know, when things are going well, he uh, he looks great, and when it's not, then he's the one that people look at and go, "Well, is he really bothered?" But uh, what I would say is that 
he helped grind out that result on Tuesday. So he does have that in him. He does have that when the chips are down. He 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 wants to go and and do you know and do the uh, you know help grind out Dirty the win. Work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he does have that in him. But um, you know, I think I think Magoma has shown his quality at the moment, and he you know if if we get promoted and we end up keeping him. He could flourish in the, uh, you know, in the championship. So, um, but we are we are starting to see those signs of what he, what he could become. Mm. Um, so I'm I'm quite excited. I'm excited to see how he does for the rest of the season. And then if we get to keep him, I'm really excited about what he can do next year. Yeah. Well, we'll have that discussion later on. I think the uh, the keeping Magoma thing. I'm, I'm I imagine he'd be quite pricey. Um, but one player I do think is is quite pricey, and that's Josh Sheehan. Um, the pass. For Carlos Mendes' goal, uh, Mendes Gomez's goal rather on Tuesday was absolutely chef's kiss. The finish was brilliant as well. As one uh, guy tweeted me on uh, on uh, Wednesday, it was very much like David Platt's goal against Belgium in the 1990 World Cup. Uh, on almost like on the spin, a lovely, lovely turn from almost uh, a volley from almost behind him. Um, but it was about the pass for me. I mean, Sheehan is absolutely purring at the minute. Oh, he is, yeah. Um, I mean, it was such a, <clears throat> it's, it was such a brilliant ball. It, it was, it was perfect. It was, you know, all, over the defender and in between the goalkeeper. And to be fair to Mendes, as we'll call him, Mendes Gomez at the moment. Um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, uh, you can have that one for a headline. That's, that's, that's the again. title of the podcast sorted. Nice one. <laughs> um, but. Uh, yeah, I, I, it was just perfect and great finish from from him. Um, but Sheehan, you can tell that uh, clubs in this league are, are on to Sheehan because every mm. game, and it, it happened on on Tuesday as well. Every game he gets clattered into. He's they just they just horrible, horrible. Mm. This league, the players sometimes are horrible, and they just. I think they've they've noticed that he helps make us tick. He's the one who will pick the ball up and run mm. with it, and he's. You know he's he's got a low center of gravity, a bit like Mark Davis did. Yeah. You know where he he can. Um, it's as if he players go up to him and he already knows where the space is around him, and he just he he makes it look so easy. He just kind of walks into the space, and you're mm-hmm. like, yeah. And he he, he he's passing is brilliant. Um, and yeah, I think for me, for me, you know, I I mean we can't look at teams of the season because remember Santos didn't get in the league two one when we uh, we got promoted, <laughs> but Sheehan's got to be in um, in there and and at the moment is he is a shout for our player of the season as well in my opinion he's been fantastic. Yeah, it's a good uh, good one. I might wait for the international break, but I think that's a very good debate to be had as to who uh, might be in line for player of the uh, season so far maybe uh, get your emails in and get uh, your thoughts heard on the buff podcast so the whole point of this podcast is uh, to talk about the headlines in the bolton news so henry do your job news thank you <laughs> the job i don't get paid for um but uh, I, I barely word... do, but I actually do. I, I do have a P60, to be fair. Um, the longest work experience stint in Bolton News history. Um, uh, Nathan Baxter is the first headline. And now Ian Everett's been quite coy about mm. talking about Nathan Baxter too much. He did say that he's, um, you know, he's got a cast on his um, on his arm at the moment. Joel Coleman's been in there and had 
had mixed reviews, mm. but Ian Ever has given us an update on Nathan Baxter, hasn't he? He has, yeah. So he's going to be having that cast removed on Tuesday, at which point in time they'll have a look at the tendon, scan it again, and, and we should have a, a firm answer as to how well it's healed up. I think just going off kind of the, the updates we've had and the, the little conversations, that it, it they do expect it to be quite positive. Um. And, you know, it may only be a couple more weeks before we do see him, uh, you know, tested on the training ground and, and see how that goes. I suppose that would be the next step for it. But, yeah, I think cautious optimism from Bolton on, on Baxter at the moment. Um, but it has, it's definitely thrown up a big, a big uh, I wouldn't say problem for them, but certainly something they've had to tackle in, in Coleman because Coleman has not played a lot of football. And obviously not played a lot of football for the last couple of years. He hasn't really played first-team football for a good couple of years. And even at Bolton, his position has been supplementary to Baxter, to the point that he doesn't sometimes even get on the bench. So I think I've got a lot of sympathy for Joel Coleman and the way that he's come in and had to really, from a, from a standing start, be ready and raring. Um and I think at Cambridge on Tuesday night would have been a, a massive one for him because I think he played well. He made a couple of good saves. He was looking confident when the ball was coming in and they did pepper that penalty box as well. Um, so with you know very, very few ex- exceptions, and I don't think necessarily that playing the ball out from the back is, is his strength, you know, the, the kind of distribution side of things, but I think you're just going to have to accept that for, for the, the short term. Um, but I think... He hopefully, fingers crossed, and he had a great game at Blackpool as well. Maybe there's some good memories there, but uh, I think he's he's looking stronger now, and and it's it's less of an issue at the moment than it thought I thought it was going to be with Baxter being out. Would you agree? Yeah, I'd agree. I don't think he's done that bad. I think it's harsh some of the criticism that he's had, and I think I think what Coleman gives you that um, Baxter doesn't is I think Coleman is. He's quite, he's quite aggressive in his thinking of getting the like. He mm. plays the long balls, you know, when he, he catches a cross, and he's all, already looking at who, you know, Collins or Mendes Gomez or whoever. Mm. Um, and so I, I quite like that about him. And okay, the ball goes out of play a few times, but I think that sort of that sort of mentality to get us on the front front foot. I think he's got that more than Baxter, but. Mm. Um, you know, we all know that Baxter's our goalkeeper. Baxter's had a, a good season, um, and we all want to see him back. But I, I do think, you know, I, I, even the Charlton game, I think Coleman still made a few good saves. He's still, ca- you know, he's very good at catching uh, the ball from crosses. Okay, take away the the first goal, but um, well, I don't, I'm know, not sure I, that was his fault. I, I honestly think. When you look at that ball coming across, it's dropped over. It was tall, wasn't it? And 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 Jack Iredale is probably the one with the best view of it. For me, whether maybe there's miscommunication there, but in terms of should Coleman have come to get it? No, I think the ball is there for Jack Iredale to win. In my opinion. Well, I think whenever that type of goal goes in, I think uh, yeah, it's it's normally a communication issue, isn't it? That some either no one's gone for it or or whatever, but. Yeah, I, I do think Coleman has had some harsh criticism because I don't think he's done that bad. And uh, I, I think it's just because he is the... Uh, I, I think Bolton... Our fans have weird relationships with goalkeepers. <laughs> that 
I mean, we've had obviously we had Yussi, and we've had uh, one or two since then where they've they've we really like. But it always seems that you know you look at the likes of Ben Amos, you look at the the goalkeepers in recent years. Um, like we love Jilks, but then Remy, Joel, yeah, it, Remy was a bit of a marmite character. Mm-hmm. Joel Dixon, obviously, you know the. I was in the crowd when we played Hartlepool and he made that mistake and the crowd before then were getting on his back mm. and it doesn't help. And he, I think that contributed to that mistake. And I think with Joel Coleman, it's exactly the same. You can sense in the stadium when he gets the ball, there's kind of a groan. Or I just think just it, he's a he's a good League One goalkeeper, in my opinion. In my opinion, that should uh, I like a Cambridge need a goalkeeper in the summer and Joel Coleman was available, they would go for him. And I think, mm. I, I don't think it's warranted. And I think it's harsh on him. And and he is a Boltonian. He's a local lad. So you really, we should be wanting him to do well. I just don't, I don't understand the, the just the, the nervousness around everyone because I think in the games he's played, he's done okay. I, I don't think it's affected the team that much. Mm, I think uh, there was a moment actually on Tuesday night at Cambridge where the away fans were singing John, Joel Coleman's name and then two seconds later the ball had deflected up over the top and under the bar and, and things fell silent somewhat. But I think I think realistically fans fans appreciate that. They, they I don't think anybody's going out of their way to be negative about it, but the nervousness sometimes does kind of manifest itself when, when Coleman's in possession because they, they want to see the ball, obviously. Uh, well, we've, we've done the style thing to death. We'll uh, we'll try and we'll put a pin in that for, for emails in a minute. But um, we've got some injury news. Bring it on. Yes. Yes. So game's coming thick and fast. Then it looks like the players returning is coming thick and fast as well. Um, so who have we got? Who's, who, who can we expect? Who could we expect to see this weekend? But if not this weekend against Wigan on Tuesday. Well, Ricardo Santos, uh, the Blackpool Tower himself, will be back <laughs> on Saturday. Fingers crossed. Um, that was certainly the. He stayed behind and he he worked on the training ground in midweek. He's been steadily brought up to speed. Now we've said a couple of times on here that that maybe Rico does take his time to get back up to top speed and I think that maybe has has changed their way of doing with, with, with Ricardo Santos he's had a couple of weeks of being back in training and steadily being sort of turned up and up and up and up so that there's no uh, breakdown and that he can actually come into these games a bit fresher and faster so fingers crossed he should be there in the starting lineup. Um Dion Charles who of course has had a knee injury he should be okay for Wigan whether or not he's okay to start against Wigan, probably, probably be able to see in the in the next few days. But apparently he's he's a okay. The the knee injury hasn't flared up again, so it would be lovely to have a, a Dion Charles who has a point to prove to come back against Wigan. Uh, that would be marvelous. Um, I, I would I would I would love to see that happen. And then of course we've got Baxter who's kind of on the periphery Randall Williams is is on his way back as well he won't be far away from return uh, to full training as well um so everything's looking a little bit brighter on that front it's all feeling a bit better yes it is and it's good to see and those names you just mentioned there i mean it is the spine of a team but they're good players you know these are players that are going to be if we get promoted playing in the championship for us so to to have them back and to have 
okay, we've gone through a sticky patch, but we're not lost really, you know, to be in this position and then having those players come back is uh, is a great, you know, situation to be in. But um, yeah, Santos coming back, I, I think at the moment with the, the defence, uh, you know, you look at the Charlton game and then the first 10, 15 minutes of the Cambridge game, yeah, I, I feel... I feel we need Santos back. He's just that mm. calming atmosphere, you know, atmosphere around. And and this is it with Santos is that some people don't rate him. Some people get on his back. And I think it's important to remember at times like this what he does bring. And I, I said this earlier in the season we played when we played Leighton Orient at home, and we were three 0 up, and then got they got it back to three two. I don't think that happens with Santos. Mm. You know, I, I think it's it's a lot more than his actual how he you know how he plays on the pitch it's his it's his his mentality as well i think he's you know i think he's um so important to to just keeping things steady and stable and mm. and you can tell he's he's like a he's a bit like a comfort blanket for the other defenders because i know that whoever plays that center of the center halves does get a lot of the ball yeah uh, we've seen it with Caleb Taylor when he's played he gets a lot of the ball santos does but I think he's that they trust Santos so much with it that it's if you're in trouble, just pass it back to Santos and you'll be fine. I think mm. he's a bit of a comfort blanket. Dion Charles obviously missed the home game against Wigan and we missed him. Uh, so hopefully he can be back in, in some way for that um, the away game. And yeah, I mean, Dion would love to score against them. Um, and yeah, get Baxter and Williams back and suddenly we're, we're a different team. And, if, and this is what I mean before is that if we can get the game's level and then you've got these players coming back and if we're on a, a similar amount of points to Portsmouth, I think we'll be fine. I think we'll we can go on a, a, a run to take us to the top. Yeah, got to keep the uh, the pedal to the metal as such. I think you're right with Rico. I think if um, that ball comes in, we're talking about the first goal against Charlton. I think if that ball comes in, Rico Santos is there, he wins that in the air. Um, I think there was a little bit of indecision there, and that doesn't that doesn't happen if you know who who is attacking that. If if a ball comes into the box and Rico Santos is playing, he is the man who attacks that ball. Um, and I think it's been a case of of kind of kind of spread the load. And I will give Caleb Taylor his due as well. I think for the forty minutes he played the other night before he picked up an ankle injury. Um, I think he was very good. I thought he won a lot in the air. And also, I'll give a lot of credit to, um, to Jack Iredale as well, who, who I think has had a couple of decent games. Um, that's goal aside. And I'll just, <laughs> just put him over the hot coals there for, for the goal. But it's, I think he's I think he's done all right. Him and Geth Jones have done all right. Um, but I, I think getting Rico back in there will just calm everybody down. Talking about calming down. <laughs> um, yes, well, uh, we are going to talk more about Jack Idale and his injury in a moment, but let's talk about George Thomason. He's back this weekend. Um, he's he's had he's had quite a break <laughs> since the turn of the year. Yeah, yeah. Um, what I, I saw on social media yesterday, people who were uh, discussing, well, do you throw George Thomason back in uh, to the team? Do you mm. does he have to work his way back in? A lot of people pointing out we've got two local derbies in the next four days. So George Thomason is probably the type of player that you'd want playing in those games. Mm. Uh, where do you stand with it? Do you think Thomason could be thrown straight back in? Or do you think, because uh, I think the midfield has done quite well the last few games. Will he have to work his way back in? I think you've got two opponents who are capable of playing through midfield 
better, certainly better than Cambridge, certainly better than Northampton in, in that respect. Um, Charlton may be a slightly different animal, they, they play a bit more wide, but I think I think he put Thomason back in. I think you need that bite in a derby game. You need Thomason to be on the pitch. You need Thomason to, to be to be careful and to, to think about what he's doing. But I think you need his bite in midfield in that sort of game. I think we are talking about Paris Magoma earlier and you used the word luxury. I'm not sure I'd, I'd go that far, but I think and I know where you're coming from in that he, you know you're going to have to sacrifice some of the defensive side to bring out the best in his attacking side. Um, I think it's probably been that way with Aaron Morley as well when he's played in those sorts of games, whereas you know what Aaron Morley can do on the ball, off it, he's had to work hard to improve that side of his game. Um, and, and that's coming through with, with Paris as well, that he's, he's having to, to do that side of things. With George Thomason, I think you do get both. I think you get a good defensive screen. He works hard. He obviously puts his foot in. We know that. Um, but he's also capable of, of, of spotting a pass as well. And um, I, I do honestly think he will uh, he will come back in. Um, you know, Kyle Dempsey's another one who's got kind of both sides to it as well that I think could, would have it. And Josh Sheehan, as we've said, is is basically uh, a human deity, as uh, a Welsh deity at this point in time. Um, so, yeah, I think for me, as long as Sheehan's and, and Dempsey are in the right condition, I'd have those two and Thomason starting on Saturday at Blackpool and then see how things go at Wigan. Uh, I would Ideally, I'd have those two playing both games, if I'm honest. Mm, yeah, it's. Um, I think it's the type of... I mean, it's two different stadiums as well, isn't it? Blackpool's a bit more mm. tighter than Wigan. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I, I think... They're similar teams. They're similar kind similar of high, teams. high energy. You know, they... They're not long ball in any way, shape, or form, but they can mix it up. Both both teams have got have got kind of that different side to them. I think that's what I mean. You, you can you almost can't cater to play against a Wigan or a Blackpool. You've just got to be absolutely on your game. Yeah, and I'm sure they will do. Like this is, uh, I know we said against Wigan last time that oh they'll remember the four 0 but a lot has changed mm. since the previous four 0 So I, I, most of them would still remember what happened in. August, September. So I'm going to um, bloody remind them if they don't remember. Believe me. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you'd like to think they'd put the put in that performance. Um, but Blackpool, Blackpool's different because I feel we obviously got the win at home and then the nil nil away. It's going to be a tight game. Um, I don't know what their uh, their mentality is going to be like after the, the cup defeat the other night. But yeah. I think it's on fine margins, and I, I do think sometimes. A player like Thomason can, for for his very few faults, because I think he's a very good player. But for his, uh, you know, mistimed tackles and all of that, he is the player who will just. Uh, we saw it against Blackpool in the cup game. He'll let them know they're there. He'll let them know they're in for a game. And I think there's not many Bolton players that would do that. So I think in local derby games, as long as he can keep his head. I think Thomason is a good asset to have. He's a great, he's a good player on the ball, but I think he's, yeah, he's someone who'll get his foot in and I, I think do the dirty work while the, the others around him do the pretty stuff. So, mm. yeah, it's it's, it's going to be a tough one, but I, I think it's more of a game for Thomason than Magoma, I think. I'd rather Magoma be coming off the bench if we needed some bit of creativity and magic mm. uh, and Thomason start, but we'll wait and see. 
Talking about keeping your head intact. Nice, nice. I like the links today, Matt. Um, Jack Idale, we saw the picture of his ear. Mm. Um, this came in the Charlton game. And to be fair to Jack Idale, and again, he's someone else who has had some stick from Bolton fans, but he has shown in the last few uh, days that he can put in good performances. We know he's a good player, but he's willing to... to he's You know, there's other players who would just have said, I'm not playing. You know, he's he's ended up coming on against Cambridge and again getting a whack in the ear again. Yeah. So um yeah, I, I think fair play to Jack Idale. He's really shown his he's met you know, how tough he is, hasn't he? Yeah, I think so. I I think it's been difficult for him because he hasn't had a lot of uh regular games in the position he probably would like to be playing. So yeah, it's not been it's not been easy. He's been shifted around a little bit, and he's he's had to kind of relearn to play on the left hand side of the three after after George Johnston got injured in pre season. So, no, I, I I'm I'm all right with Jack. I think uh, I think he's he's shown um, a bit of character in this last uh, couple of games in particular. And uh, yeah, the the ear thing was pretty nasty. I I thought it was just a normal bump on the head. I'm like, what's you know, is why is he even going back on type of thing? Because mm. Well, he had the whole Terry Butcher thing going on, didn't he? When uh, when he came off against Charlton, and and then when that uh, picture he put up on Instagram, that uh, turned my stomach somewhat. Fair play to him. Fair play to him. I, I've got to be honest. If if I was going to see a plastic surgeon, I'd you know maybe uh, maybe chuck a couple of other extras in there on the uh, on the club's bill. Just just saying, <laughs> could could have got uh, could have got a couple of lifts, a couple of tucks, and all that sort of stuff. It would have been. It would have been, it would have been really amusing if he'd have come out with like full on Botox lips or uh, a, a butt lift or something like that on top of the uh, on top of the ear job. Oh man, we all know you go to Turkey for that. You don't use a plastic surgeon in Bolton or Manchester. Or I think there's a couple of business cards at the training ground. I'm not sure who put them there. Anyway, <laughs> that's uh, Sharon Britton's son with the uh, the the teeth. Yes, that's right. Yeah, that's, this is the dental that, thing. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. surprised that uh, on the uh, club photo this year, because they, they were pictured with cars pasties, I'm surprised they weren't all million-dollar smiles. Well, they had to use a, a filter, didn't they? Because the, 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 the glare from the sun was uh, was too much for the camera lens to take, so they had to, <laughs> they had to dull it down. They had to like, kind of rub shoe polish on their, uh, on their teeth so that... Uh, <laughs> I could uh, dumb down the glare. Anyway, as I'm uh, digging myself a hole, let's uh, let's 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 go somewhere else. Let's have another headline. Yeah, well, we mentioned this before, but Josh Sheehan uh, is actually, uh, you know, he he knows that he's getting kicked from pillar to post mm. every game, and he's actually said, "Bring it on!" You know, he's he's willing to embrace it, and um, you know, I noticed the other day against Cambridge, Kachunga had a bit of a, a, he did. a bite at it. I think. Do you think for me, Kachunga is, um, how can I put this? Kachunga is a character that's very aware of uh, what he needs to do to get fans on side. I think when he's <laughs> when he's not playing well, he's he's giving it the the prayer motion to the fans and say sorry. Um, and the other night, I think to, to get with Cambridge fans, he probably was like, mm, I don't want to be too nice to Bolton, so I'm just going to be a bit, you know, have a bit of bite about me. And I noticed he was... Very excited when they scored to run over and celebrate. So, um, yeah, it didn't surprise me that Kachunga had that in him because it was a foul, wasn't it? And it was just yeah. a number of fouls against Sheehan. Yeah, well, I, I think Sheehan, I did a piece with him the other day. Uh, I think he was the sixth highest fouled 
player in League One. I think he's probably got a couple of notches after Cambridge because, again, he got kicked up in the air after that one. Um, and, and, and Catcher certainly <laughs> contributed to that, bless him. I think you're right. I think he knows... He's been he's an experienced guy, isn't he? He knows what he's doing. He knows how to get crowd on side. And there were a couple of uh, people standing to the left of the press box who were especially thrilled with the way he was kicking Sheehan up in the air. Um, some of the names they were coming out with, some of the language. Wow, I've not heard it. I've not heard language like that at a football game for a long time. Um, particularly referring to Jack Iredale as a northern bleep. Uh, that that brightened my brightened my evening no end whatsoever. I mean, he was born in Scotland, as somebody pointed out, but northern he is not. He is about as southern as he can get. He's like like Antarctic penguin type of job. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I think she and knows she knows that people are targeting him, and physicality has always been that question mark over Josh. He's not the biggest guy in the world. Can he be kicked out of games? I would have said that that potentially after his injury, there was maybe that little question mark over him and, and maybe even in his own mind, like, you know, is this going to happen again? Can I can I trust my body again? But I think he's at that point now where he knows he's, he's the man now for Bolton. He's that, he's that kind of midfield quarterback type of thing, whereas he, he will get the ball even if he's got somebody you know, right on him, or he knows he's going to get clattered. He knows what he's doing with it. He is so integral to that type, kind of tactical playing it out from the back plan um, that, yeah, you can see the confidence brimming through. And I hope that translates now, and I hope that Wales look at that, and I hope that he gets a chance to go and play at a higher level and push his cause internationally as well, because he's started to look like the real deal for me. Yeah, he is, and he's um, he's a fantastic player, you know, for this level, and I, I can't wait to see him hopefully in the championship. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think you you have to play to Josh Sheehan's strengths, and I think Bolton do that. I think if you are a more direct team and you're bypassing the midfield, then you you probably say Sheehan got a move to the championship and to a I don't know I I don't I don't know how championship teams play, but let's say for example, I'm just going to use Millwall as an example because <laughs> uh, I, I presume they play a more direct football. But Well, they you, will do now Neil Harris is there, let's put it that way. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, so, if you play in that position, then you, you're not getting sheer, you know, what Sheehan's great at and mm. I think that's where he can look like an average player, but I think when you do play to his strengths, and Ian Everett definitely does that, uh, you know, he's, he's always wanting to get the ball, he can turn. I think he's he's a perfect player for what Bolton want to do. They quite clearly want to play it out from the back into that midfield area, mm. and then either play it to the fullback or get someone who can turn and makes and push it forward. Mm. And Sheehan's just fantastic at that. He's the best player in the league at that, in my opinion. So, um, so yeah, he, I, I have noticed since probably since November that teams are really targeting him, um, which you know is. It, it happens. It happens at this level, and and I guess you can't blame the other teams. But to Sheehan's credit, he's not really let that affect him. He had a quiet spell a few weeks ago, but other than that, he's like I said, he's for me, he's been arguably our player of the season. Yeah, and that's where I think Thomason as well. I think Thomason gets that that when somebody is really on Sheehan and it becomes difficult to play that ball, I think he's one that often offers himself up and. And then you can play it the other way instead. And I, I think that kind of brain in the in midfield is something that Bolton do lack when George Thomason isn't playing. But we shall see. We shall see. Let's move on. 
Uh, so uh, Nathaniel Ogbetter is. Um, I thought I had a really good game the other night. He uh, he's after his cameo against Carlisle. I think he's been a bit quiet. He's not really had many opportunities. He had a big opportunity on Tuesday, and he's he's passed it, hasn't he? Yeah, absolutely. What a lovely lad, by the way. I met him properly for the first time after the game on Tuesday night, and uh, had a good chat. Really, really uh, decent guy. Um, talking about being frustrated, really, at um, the, the the lack of focus from the start of the game. And conceding early goals. Now, Bolton now have, have conceded early goals. They did against uh, Northampton, did against Barnsley, did against Cambridge inside the first 10 minutes. And I mean, you'd, you'd, you'd say that most of them were preventable. They were all a little bit sloppy. Yeah. Um, and, and that's something we're talking about micro-analysing Bolton again, but that's something that they doesn't want to creep in, especially in the bigger games. If you go 1-0 down against Blackpool or Wigan, it's going to be a very, very different day, isn't it? And looking at Blackpool and Wigan, <clears throat> the first goal is especially important against them. They've got dreadful records when they concede first, by the way. FYI, if anybody's listening. Um, but with uh, with Ogbetta, yeah, he said it's a frustration. He said, I think the message has, 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 uh, has sunk in. We've got to be better, particularly on Saturday at Blackpool um, and it's something that the players have kind of realised that uh, they need to switch on a bit faster. If Santos is in there, then that also falls on him. You know, we've said a few times that it does take him a little while to kind of get going, to get up to full pace when he's been out on an injury or he's been out on an illness or what have you. So again, yeah, that's going to be a really important 10 minutes at the start of that game on Saturday for, for everybody to warm up and to and to switch on. So uh, yeah, it'd be interesting. But I do like Ogbetter. I, I, I like the look of him. Difficult first half. I think, you know, certainly going forward, he, he was struggling to, um, to, to get that final ball right. But second half, Top notch. Yeah, I, I I thought there was a few moments in the first half where he's he's I mean he's fit into what Bolton want to do. We quite clearly want to get the those wing backs to the byline, and mm. I think Dacus Cogley does it fantastically, and Ogbetta was doing it, and he's just final ball were disappointing. But second half was much better, and he's he's getting used to the way we play. But yeah, I I totally agree with him. You you can't be conceding the first goal, and because eventually it doesn't work, and you lose the game. Um, and I think as well, it, it like you saw with Cambridge, Northampton, you know, Barnsley as well. These teams, they score the first goal and suddenly the game changes because they've yeah. got something to hang on to. Then they start messing around and being, you know, like the game just slows down and they can play it how they want to play it then because they've got a goal ahead. Whereas if Bolton score that first goal, they've got to try and change it and, and do something. Um you know that Blackpool game is going to be tight, so if you can get the first goal, then it's it then it could be the the only goal. It could be that that mm. changes the game. The Wigan game as well. I think if I, I think the obviously Wigan of of um, they're having a mid-table season. That's what they were best they could have hoped for this year with the points deduction. Obviously, that then results when you're not at the top of the table. It results in say lower crowds or crowds that are just not as pumped for the game. So if Bolton can get that first goal with a full away end, mm. I think it could end up being it could end up being a, a, a four niller because then Bolton <laughs> have the momentum and the crowd could then you know, it, it turns into that party atmosphere then. Like Wigan got early goals at our place mm. and it was then it was game over and Wigan fans had had another great day at the tough sheet. So 
yeah, it's important. Whereas if you go a goal behind and you give these teams something to hang on to, and um, and as well with the Bolton fans, we know when it's a full away end, if you concede early, the fans get very frustrated and they are going to do at Wigan. So it's probably within Bolton's best interest not to go through this again. <laughs> yes, please. Um, yeah. I'm, cer- I'm certainly not going to pin my hopes on a 4 0 Henry. I, I would, uh, I'm, I'm just, I think it, you, the other thing is you've got to also appreciate is that Bolton, whilst they have conceded these early goals, we talked about that mentality and the character to come back into games. They have shown that, and it's not the end of the world, but in an ideal situation, in these next two, I think that first goal becomes a bit more important for the reasons you say there about the atmosphere at Wigan particularly. And also with Blackpool, as you say, they got beat midweek in the FA Cup semi-final. They're going to want to make amends for that, but the first goal that goes in against them is going to hit hard. Definitely. So, yes, I think the first 10-15 minutes of Saturday's game, if you look at that first, is absolutely vital that Bolton, A, don't concede, but they, they do make that kind of front foot start as well. Yeah, I, I saw the back end of the two halves of the Blackpool game after our game, because uh, our game kicked off before theirs, and yeah. especially at the end. Well, even at the end of the first half, I think because Peterborough was so dominant, they were very, they were very un- like I mean, it's a semi-final, obviously, uh, you know, you're going to be upset if you're losing 3-0 at home, but they, they were very frustrated, very, I think they were, the football fans, when they get humbled like that, they don't deal with it well. It's no, very frustrating. No, uh, we've had it so many times. So for for Blackpool, I don't know whether it's, a, because I guess if you look at how Peterborough play, Bolton are probably the closest team to how Peterborough play in this league. So to then come up against us, it's either going to be same again or they'll go, right, we've played against them. How can we sort it? Hopefully it's the the farmer and the 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 struggle again and yeah the fans will just get on the back it's a local derby and uh, and I think this is what teams do when they come to Bolton's ground they know that the fan we've got a, a large fan base with second highest average attendance in the league but if you can get that early goal against us the fans then get frustrated mm-hmm. and we need to now look at that and go right well probably more against Blackpool than Wigan I would say because of the the closeness of the stadium there's obviously there's in bums on seats to empty seats ratio blackpools will be higher so i think if you can get if you can get uh that early goal i think you can then sense the frustration around the ground and and then you capitalize on that mm, defo defo and we got a final headline yeah, so this is following the northampton game um ian everts got sent off we're still waiting on to find out what exactly is happening with this. Have you got any updates? Is he going to have a? Um, he have to sit in the stand for one of the games. What do you know? Yeah, I mean, we asked after Tuesday's game. There hadn't been an update. Um, I'm told that it's ten days after the appeal goes in, ten working days that um, that the be the appeal has to be heard. So we are starting to to whittle down the time now. Um, and I would uh, I would say it won't be very long. Do, in terms of what I expect, I would have said <clears throat> I would have said there's a, there's a one match ban coming. To be honest, I, I, I think it, as we said last week, it just it would surprise me greatly if the officials um, haven't haven't got their story straight as it were, and and uh, 
you know, regardless of, of how much uh, Ian Everett and Bolt Wanderers protest their innocence, there's it's always going to fall on the side of the official in that sort of circumstance, really. It's, um, it's, uh, it is what it is, but I think it's something... I did notice there was, there was quite a lot of frustration on Saturday, particularly, um, and then a little bit on, on Tuesday, but I thought both games were refereed pretty well, all things considered. Um, but I think Ian Everett kind of bit his tongue a little bit. I think he doesn't want to inflame the situation, particularly with the, the one with Dacus Cogley, um, you know, the head injury thing on Saturday. I think he he probably would have gone off on one a little bit, uh, but with a with a disparate hanging over his head, he probably didn't want to. No, I and mean, that's I guess this shows the new mature Ian Everett of what he's been talking about. But um, yeah, I, I thought it's a, it, the last two games. It's a difficult one. I, I guess Cambridge um, the sending off decision was spot on, and credit mm. to them. They actually took time to um, yeah, that's a fair point. Know, yeah. To uh, analyze the situation, yeah. talk about it, and send him off, which was the right decision. So fair play to him for that. But still, in that game, there was a few odd decisions. The Caleb Taylor incident as well mm. was. Was poor the Charlton draw again some poor decisions uh, amongst some some good ones but I think on the whole the, we've talked about the refereeing before I think it, it is it's genuinely he's poor at this level but then they're not professional so what do you expect mm. you know it's it's again it's it's like I don't know it's like as we said last week it's like comparing a community or a hospital radio station to radio one it's 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 you can't really do that so um so yeah, so it's I can I can appreciate good decisions, and I can also see that there's been some poor ones. So I guess we just wait and see. But I mean, knowing our lucky and Everett will be in the stands for the um, for the Wigan game, which will then be a bit of an equaliser for them. So it's uh, I think it's he, just I I'd, think he'd quite like that to be honest. I mean, not not having to get pelters from all around him on the Wigan game might be all right. Yeah, well, I mean, if if it's anything like you just said it was at uh, Cambridge, I assume Everett will be sitting near the press box, so yeah. he'll probably still get some. Yeah. Um, but then again, you know, how much noise does an empty seat make? I was just going to say the same thing. It's like the old Jasper Carrot sketch. I, I turned around <laughs> to the guy next to me and went, Oi! <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> right. Uh, that is enough of that. Um, we've had headlines. Let's have some emails. Is that Philip Moresh? You have to rattle through a couple of uh, emails that have come in over the past week. Keep them coming, by the way. Uh, there are a couple in my stack at the moment that we're we're holding on to for uh, for a rainy day or an international break that may well be coming up. Um, but uh, if you have got anything at all, then please do send us in to the buffmail at gmail.com. You know the address by now. Uh, this one's from Stee. Um, a quick one. Uh, I was talking with a few of the lads after Saturday's game. We were discussing Wanderers TV midweek matches. Could the club not show the matches in the hotel? I'm not sure of the ro- uh, broadcasting rules for the game, but if the club were to show it in the hotel or the fan zone, surely they'd make a few quid from drinks, etc., especially at this stage of the season. I presume it's something as simple as broadcasting rights. Um, Steve, you're Bob on. It is exactly that. Uh, broadcasting rights say that you cannot use an iFollow uh, or the equivalent um, Bondra's TV for commercial reasons, sadly. Um, you could theoretically 
let's say if 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 do you remember when uh, Bolton played at Wolves in Burnham Park days and they did the whole big screen and they invited people to a a screening theoretically you could apply to do that um if if there was a really small allocation for example for a playoff semi-final and then or or, or something like that but um i think they would have to do it on a on an ad hoc basis i've also read by the way that there are uh, some pubs um in ipswich in particular who say bring your laptop to our pub mm. watch your i follow <laughs> with with other other Ipswich fans just just within your you know your own room and not for commercial reasons and and drink our ale at the same time I think that's a cracking idea that's uh, yeah I like that it's uh, instead of uh, B what is it B-Y-O-B uh, yeah. B-Y-O-L um, yeah I like it uh, but uh, yeah it's um, yeah, yeah it, you've answered that there's nothing I can add to it um, no. you know it's I think that Ipswich uh, the, the pubs in Ipswich that's a good idea I, I definitely like the idea. I, I, it might be a, a commercial venture we can get into. We could have a, a, a buff watch along. Everybody, everybody on the same same laptop. Um, we'll move on then. We'll have another. We'll have another email before we uh, get on to who are you. Um, this one's from Andy, um, which is carrying on a theme we've we've had in the last couple of weeks, talking about uh, the style of play um, and the kind of the mentality of the supporters. So. Uh, hi Mark and Henry, I've listened to some of the emails uh, people have been sending about the style of play under Ian Everts and sometimes wonder what people actually want. We're third with a game in hand uh, and have just finished a year where Bolton scored more goals than they ever have and also kept more clean sheets than they ever have. Uh, there will be some who say the Championship or the Premier League is the natural level for a club of this size and that's fine, but will the moaning and groaning go away? Will it hell? <laughs> the same people are moaning and groaning now, moaned and groaned when Big Sam was here and would, and we were finishing eighth. And we were upset at finishing eighth, rather. Um, I think some people need to be ne- uh, negative just to feel anything at all. It must be cold up. It must be all the cold up there in Bolton. Maybe Auntie Sharon should invest in some heated seats and some garden heaters to cheer everybody up and then we can get back to supporting the team again instead of constant complaining. By the way, I appreciate the irony about me sending in a moaning email about people moaning. Thank you, Andy. Um, uh, well, the fans, I think I, I read a, a, an intellectual deep dive. Um, I think it was by the Blizzard or the Athletic or something like that about fans falling into two, two categories, complainers or appreciators. Um, you know, the appreciators always look for reasons that their team's going to imp- improve or be successful or be great, even though they could have like stark evidence presented straight in front of them that, that, that things are not going well. And then the complainers get their buzz from whinging um, and, and always look for the kind of the negatives in it, even if their team are clearly doing well. And there's a sliding scale where... If if there was a a scale of zero is uh, the biggest complainer to ten being the biggest appreciator, what number would you be, Henry? Um, I, I would definitely fall into the uh, happy clapper. Yeah, uh, you know. Uh, I suppose that's the modern yeah. modern parlance for it, happy clapper. But yeah, and and, um, and there but... are there are people that refuse to see any bad in it, and I, and I don't think that's a bad way of living your life. But it's it's probably not the most accurate. Let's be honest. No, I probably I I think I'm quite a level headed um, a level headed Bolton fan, which maybe what 
might not be the most interesting thing to listen to on a podcast. I know sometimes, you know, podcasters and YouTube. You do all right, Henry. You do okay. <laughs> oh, well, that's good to hear. But um, yeah, I think I'm I'm quite level-headed. So I think in, I'm more towards the ten. I, I think I think I see the bigger picture. Um, mm. So I'll probably be a, a, like a seven point five. And I think we could play a lot worse football. And as as the email said there, we've actually come off a, a great year um, where actually you know if you if you look at the last. 15 years of Bolton Wanderers. I mean, mm. we're going to be finishing in the top five of a league two years in a row. I mean, how we've not had that, have we? We've we've no. been up and down and, and bottom half and stuff. So I think when you look at the bigger picture, I think I just sit and enjoy it because eventually we will get back to the top and we will then have to come back down. So we, you know, and it will be grey and grim and like it was in the, uh, the 2010s, I guess. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I I think I can understand people moaning, but sometimes when I'm at the match and I can tell what they're trying to do because it, and it works for me. It doesn't, nothing's going to work 100% of the time. I mean, even City only just beat Brentford the other day. You know, like there are times where it, it doesn't work and you have to be patient. But I think sometimes with the fans, it's just from minute one, they're like, oh, get it out, kick it out or whatever. But then when Coleman does it, they go, oh, you, you rubbish. And you're then like, well, what do you what do you want? So, yeah, I, I think just just enjoy it. We're, we're, we're third in the league. We could get promoted. Like, we could win the league, which is the first, like, the first time we've won a league since this century. There's a possibility of that. And, you, you know, I think also... We've just been to Wembley as well. Like, if we win the league, we we probably not. We could get promoted from the championship, but let's face it, it's probably going to be through the playoffs. We're not going to win the Premier League, so this could be the only. Again, this could be for another couple of generations the only title Bolton win. So just enjoy it and get behind the, the players and and uh, appreciate the this team because this team, okay, they may not be seen in the same light as say the White Hot years or Big Sam's years but they're still like a, a, a team a squad that you will look back on in 10 or 15 years and go oh remember Kyle Dempsey or weren't um, <laughs> and I weren't Rico great or weren't mm. Dion brilliant we could do with a, a Dion Charles now couldn't we you know weren't Josh Dean a magician like just yeah just I think sometimes you just need to stop appreciate what's going on and be like right let's let's try and get us a title because it was it'll be It'd be great. It'd be great for the, the club. Sharon's come in. It's a lot better than what it was. Just enjoy where we're at at the moment. Um, but then again, you know, I'm not telling people how to that they can't moan if we lose because of course they can. But I think the bigger picture is sometimes important to look at. Wow, Henry's Independence Day moment there. Um, I think we have to put some inspirational music under that one, mate. Yeah, yeah, very good. Uh, I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, and that's as, as a journalist that probably sits on a five pretty much on that particular scale. Um, right. Uh, let's do a bit of who are you then, shall we? Blink and you missed him. Who are you? Here today, gone tomorrow. Who are you? Blink and you missed him. Who are you? This week is the letter P, and I'm going to do some very, very quick... Uh, I'm, going to, I'm going to have a quick P, Henry. Um, hmm. So, Terry Poole, 
goalkeeper. Um, this don't is know him. you don't know him. Well, he played in uh, the mid seventies. Um, or actually, played at the at the end of the seventies rather for Bolton. Started at Manchester United. Um, a very very quick one sent to us by Stu. Uh, apparently, whilst playing for uh, Huddersfield Town against Preston, he once played for half an hour with a broken leg. And said, oh, Nathan said after, Baxter's out, out injured with his wrist. Exactly because he's got writer's cramp. Um, <laughs> so it just felt a bit numb. He said after the final whistle. Happy days, Terry Paul. We salute you. Good lad. Uh, that uh, is it. A Dacus Cogley scare? Yeah, yeah. Give a give a give that one a Dacus Cogley. Um, well, it's he's not playing with a broken neck like that lad for the guy from oh, City Bert, did. Bert so Trautman, uh, yeah. yeah. So uh, no, I'll give it a. I'd give it a seven. If it happened modern day, it'd be a ten. But I'll give it a seven for that time. Well, here's a second one. Mixu Pataline, and you certainly remember him. Oh, Bolton Coroner's office. <laughs> so finished strike 80 games, 17 goals for Bolton Wanderers. Uh, scored, of course, in the playoff final against Reading. We know that. Um, went into management. Um, managed Hibs, Kilmarnock, Dundee United in, in Scotland. Did quite well. Managed the Finnish national team as well. Didn't end well managerial wise it finished it finished badly <laughs> yeah it finished badly very good um yeah last three jobs were with latvia hong kong and hfk in finland um his combined record in his last three jobs was played 43 won three drawn 12 and lost 28 wow he must have a good agent must have a good agent because he's now working for uefa as a technical observer um, he watches games for UEFA and he watches them at big tournaments. So he helps to pick the team of the tournament and the kind of oh, the wow. man of the match. He's one of those guys. Well, Mixu Patalainen automatically gets a few extra points because um, the, the last season at Burnden was my first season watching Bolton. And I remember we played Sheffield United in about February, March time. And he'd been injured for a while. And I remember my, going to the match and my dad was like, oh, Mixu's playing today. Patalainen's back. And I was like, who is Mixu Patalainen? I was only like six. Anyway, he scored after like four minutes, I think. So, um, and that's all I remember of Patalainen because I, I weren't watching him at Wembley. But um, yeah, I, Mixu gets a few extra points. The fact that he chooses the team of the tournaments for UEFA also, that's a that's a pretty good gig um, that he's managed to get after some poor management gigs. Of course, he's he's remembered for his um, his work at the Bolton Coroner's office for Phoenix Knights. <laughs> so uh, I give that a, a strong an eight point five. Excellent, excellent. Uh, Dwight Pezros is currently the manager of Antigua Gamala. Frank Passy is the assistant manager of Leon, and Martin Petrov uh, played Sunday League football for Cholton Torpedo. Those three, those three last facts there were all sent to me on an anonymous email. I don't know who did it, but they're, they're three great facts. I don't know that they're true, but I like the one about Martin Petrov particularly. Yeah, that's uh, a good one. That's lovely. Right, prediction time. Pass us my crystal ball. What's happening next week? Prediction time. Okay, well, we've talked quite a bit about how this game might put out, uh, the Blackpool game on Saturday. And indeed, we've talked about what may be the, the best route for Wigan as well, whether Thomason's back, which type of team we need to play, need to avoid the early goals, 
But how will it pan out, Henry? How confident are you in a week of two away Lancashire derbies? Um, I think the turning point will be Tuesday. I think we'll, we'll go on a run now. It, tough games. I think it'll be tight game against Blackpool. Um, the I think they'll score against us. They've not scored up yet against us this year, but I think we'll score two. Um, hopefully, they'll be kicked a little bit uh, after the Peterborough defeat. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think... Uh, although they did beat Peterborough on, in the league, I guess, the other day. So... Uh, no, I'm going to go two one. I think we'll we'll get the win, and I honestly, and I don't know, you know, Mister Optimistic, Mister Happy Clapper over here, but I think, <laughs> I genuinely think, uh, come Saturday evening, we'll be in the top two. Uh, I've, I've Derby got a tough game at Barnsley, and Barnsley yeah. tend to, Barnsley will come from nowhere and get a big win at some point, and suddenly be back in the race. Uh, which if they beat Derby, they'll be three points behind them. So um, yeah, I think. We'll get a result and Derby won't, and I think we'll be second. I'm, I'm with you. I think the two games against Peterborough for Blackpool were were big ones. And speaking from experience with Bolton after the Papa John's semi-final, it took a lot out of them. They, you could see, was it Exeter that they played against um, straight after the Papa John's? I think it was. And it was really Papa John's final. They oh, was that, was that was that the final? It it does. I mean, they're just cup football takes it out here. Like the mental uh, and the celebrations, they will have been absolutely delight. Uh, you know, Peterborough have been delighted. I don't think they'll do well at the weekend. And Blackpool the other way round. They've know, got Cambridge actually. Peterborough. They have. They have. And you know, a managerless Cambridge. Good grief! Yeah. I don't know how that happened. But anyway, um, I'm, I'm I'm with you. I think I'm I'm. I'm feeling better about the Blackpool game. I think Bolton will squeeze that one. I think I'm going to go for a 1-0. I haven't won since 1977 at Bloomfield Road, by the way. I'll just throw that in there. Um, Star Wars was getting its UK premiere the last time Bolton won at Bloomfield Road. Um, But were you to offer me a point on Saturday in exchange for three points on Tuesday night, I would take it because... If Bolton were to get uh, a win at Wigan on Tuesday night, I am going to join you at 7.5 on the Happy Clapper scale. Hmm. Because that would be you know, a season-defining result if Bolton can go and win there. I would take a point. I would always take a point away from home against a decent team, which for all their faults, we're going to, a decent team, you know, with the points deduction, they'd probably be playoff competitors at least this season without it. So... I think, you know, you take a point away from home. But, you know, if, if Bolton can go there and get a win, it would be marvellous. What do you think? Yeah, I think I think Bolton need to be in second come, uh, uh, come Tuesday night. Yeah. I think if we are in second, then however we do it, I'll be happy. I've just noticed that Wigan actually play... On Friday night, don't they? I don't know why they've moved the game forward. Whether they wanted an extra day for this Bolton game or not, um, <laughs> I'm sure if any Wigan fans are listening, they'll go, "Oh, well, it's because we've got a I don't know car boot sale on the Saturday." Do you reckon, or do you reckon Wigan, Wigan Rugby League are playing? It's the, is it the? It'll be the final, won't it? They're, they're playing in the uh, the World Club. That's why. Challenge, yeah. yeah. So yeah. apologies to Wigan fans for nah, <laughs> assuming nah. it's a car boot sale. Listen, if if a Wigan um, fan has made it through to an hour plus on a Bolton podcast, then fair play to him. I've got to say. Well, I I think 
if you if you look at I'm just looking at the table now. Wigan got eight points deducted, which would put them in ninth level on points with Leighton Orient. Mm. Take it out the fact that the local rivals. If we were going, I know we got beat against Leighton Orient, but if we were going to Leighton Orient or playing them, you'd you'd expect to win. So I think it's important to categorise that, that Wigan, uh, you'd expect to go to Leighton Orient, win the game. So I think it's the same with Wigan. Yeah, I, I think obviously there's a psychological thing. I think it's the right time that Bolton beat Wigan. Um, and I, I, to be honest, I think the players will be up for it and um, they'll know how important it is for the fans. And I think if you remember in the, the season a few years ago when Wigan got promoted, we did go to the, the DW and get a draw when we were, whatever, 10th, 11th at that time. So I think going going to that ground, um, modern-day Bolton have proved going to that ground, bigger way following, they can raise the game. Obviously, whatever issue they've got at home will need to be addressed at some point. But, um, yeah, I, I think Bolton will win at Wigan. I think we'll, we will win. I, I don't. I know I said a 4-0 before. I don't think it would be 4-0. I think it would be like a 2-0. But, um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm quite confident. I think we will be at least at least in second. But, I mean, Portsmouth are playing Charlton away. So, if Charlton can uh, somehow manage to score three with a 0.4 goal XG again, mm. then uh, who knows? We could be top. We could be top by Tuesday. Top by Tuesday. Well, yeah, I, I just... I, as long as they're still in the hunt, as long as they're still in the hunt, this could be a very big week or a very bad week. I don't think there's any in-between with Bolton. There never is any in-between with Bolton. We're either going to be at zero complainer or 10 appreciated by the end of end of the week. Um, but, yeah, I think we're always we're always semi-optimistic on, on the buff. So I think I've got a feeling you're right. I've got a feeling Bolton will be there or thereabouts in second spot by, uh, by Tuesday when I'm uh, making the very short journey home from Wigan back to, uh, back to my abode. Um, and next week's podcast, well, it could be even more optimistic. If Bol- Can you imagine if Bolton were top of the league and we do this podcast ne- next week? Oof. It's going to well, be fruitalicious. Uh... <laughs> Bubbling <laughs> yeah. with fruit flavour. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know what we'd do. I don't know. Um, we'd have to think of something to be negative about, I'm sure. But yes, that's a good point, actually. Yeah, but well, run the. I've actually got a negative version of the uh, Buff Podcast theme tune that Simon did for me, so I, I can always <laughs> I can always run that to kind of as an antithesis for the optimism mm. and such like enthusiasm that's that's coming from us. Um, but we're definitely running the happy version this week. It's been a good week. Uh, it's four points. Charlton might not have. F- Felt like the best result in the world, but uh, it was another point on the board on what was a tricky day and then a great win at Cambridge, which hopefully puts them in a decent frame of mind for Blackpool and for Wigan. And for this week, that is all we have time for. Um, Henry, it's been a blast. I've been Mark Isles. I've been Henry Hewitt. And this has been The Buff. The Buff.